Healing is very much glamorized. It's not fucking glamorous. It's disgusting. It's hard. It makes you sick. And it really requires breaking down everything you believe in and fucking changing it. Hello, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the Arcane Dames podcast. I am Alyssa. And my name is Mel. And we are here today to talk to you primarily about The Hanged Man, but also lots of things. As usual. Yep. We get into it. We share stories from our lives that are related to the cards, social themes, and just about anything else you could think of related to the tarot. Yeah, literally whatever the fuck we want to rant about (laughs) on any given day. Our card of the day is very much a prompt. Yes. (laughs) It's it's a suggestion, if you will. (laughs) We are also super excited because we made an Arcane Dames TikTok a couple weeks ago. Mel and I both have our personal TikToks that we are pretty active on, but we were like, let's make one for the podcast. And our like third video that we posted ended up getting a lot of attention. And we are so excited. We really are, and I want to genuinely share from the heart how much it means to me because you guys aren't giving us empty views and empty listens. We have had an outpouring of messages, offers for help running the podcast, shout outs, and I am so honored and like I feel like It's a warm hug. Yeah. (laughs) I really feel like it's a warm hug. And I'm sure I speak for Alyssa when I say that this is why we're here doing this, is to make connections and meet other like-minded people and make a very safe place in the witchcraft community, but also just in the world around us. Yeah. And and not just a safe place, but, like, a really fucking real place. Yeah. Because so much of it is smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And we've both fallen victim to that in different ways. Mm-hmm. And the idea that new and beginning spiritualists might not have to go through the same things that we did. I literally had that thought because there are so many people who are like, I've been thinking about getting to spirituality. I'm going to listen to your podcast. Like, the idea that this could be your introduction instead of some of the off the charts bananas shit that I was introduced to is just so like that's why I'm here yeah that's why I'm here and I'm really happy it to makes, hear that it makes me very emotional yeah in a, in yeah a, the best way oh for sure no it's so validating and it's so, like this is just for me personally this is the first time in my life that I felt this aligned with something that I'm doing. It's the first time in my life that I felt this proud of something that I'm doing. I feel like this is so authentic. This project is the culmination of what I've been working toward my whole life. Like it just feels like it's what it's supposed to be. And like, it's what we're supposed to be doing. And so it's funny, like, I don't know, like I'm a little detached. (laughs) Mel's like tearing up over here. No, I am. (laughs) I'm like a little detached, but Mel's like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, I can. I just, I I know what we've been putting into this. And <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't sound conceited, but I just, I feel so good about what we're putting out. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys and to see you guys resonating with it. I really fucking am. Yeah. Like genuinely to speak further to Alyssa's point, we do work very, very hard and we have grown and learned and changed so much even from the start of this podcast this past August in the sense of getting better equipment and kind of managing our time and our finances and and truly being the scrappy little bitches that we are pulling all of the resources we have into this project Mm -hmm. because it means that much to us. Yeah. So we are so grateful that that is apparent to you all and that it's going someplace that we have intended and hoped it would. It's like the beginning of a dream coming true yeah it it feels it feels really really fucking good and i'm i'm yeah i'm just so excited and the messages like guys don't stop messaging us don't they like mean so much to us and we like cry every single one and 
like somebody messaged us and was like, oh, I'm sure you're getting so many messages right now. And like, I don't care. Send more. No, we'll reply literally. to every single one. It makes us feel so good. Literally. We want to hear from you. We love hearing your stories. Yeah. Somebody like messaged me a dream that they had yeah. because of my dream work episode. And we like chatted about it in, in the Arcing Dooms DMs. Like it's, it's great. We love it. And I hope this goes without saying, but I will just put it out there. We are not some holier than thou being like we want friends we want we will learn from you like we are not the end all be all if you have a different perspective or a unique perspective or you notice that we are being closed-minded about something call us out yeah let us know if you would like to it's not your job right educate other people but if you're into that and if you want to have a conversation like we're here. Yeah. Um, don't don't ever feel like we're unapproachable, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Especially like to that point, I've been thinking lately there we definitely have blind spots on the podcast. Of course. You know, of like course. we and we kind of have gotten into a routine with it and and the things that we talk about were pretty consistent topic-wise and theme-wise, I guess. If you're like, this is a huge blind spot and I really wish you guys would explore this topic more deeply, like, tell us, because right. we will. Right. And I want to, but yeah, it's hard to see your own blind spots. So, it is. Yeah. And again, this should go without saying, but we're two white girls from small upstate New York towns. We have a limited view of the world. Mm-hmm. So if you have a perspective that you think needs to be shared and you are willing to share it, we are willing to use our platform to bring that to light. Yeah. And basically, there's nothing that we don't want to hear. Yeah. Like, is what I'm trying to say. For sure. So. I think one of the things I'm most excited about, probably about our podcast getting a little bit more attention to, is being able to connect with other professionals and maybe pull on some people who do have different perspectives. Exactly. Some, some experts who do have a whole other world of experience. Exactly. That you guys, our listeners, could benefit from hearing too. Right. Like, I would love, like, ideally to have listeners from other countries be able to speak up. Mm. Even, like, I had one of you guys DM me on my account, on my Instagram account from the UK. That's where witchcraft, quote unquote, Mm. like, in this, in the pagan sense, was it's interesting like old british witchcraft yeah must be a different perspective versus how it's been commercialized and commodified in the u.s for sure even that is interesting to me for sure we're literally so hype all this to say fucking thank you so much (laughs) (laughs) just thank you yeah thank you truly thank you it's gonna be dope (laughs) good things coming For sure. All right. I guess we can start talking about the hanged man. Hell yeah. Also sometimes known as the hanged one or just simply the hanged. Or if you have Alyssa's decks, she even has one that's known as meditation. I, listen, Lindsay Silverman. I love this deck so much. It's called the Intuitive Night Goddess Tarot. Lindsay Silverman reimagines the Major Arcana in a way that is just so resonant with me and really adds depth and nuance, but also a layer of empowerment to the cards that I don't get from the Rider-Waite-Smith. Mm-hmm. And so I'm excited to talk about this reimagination I'm, as I'm excited to talk about all of her major arcana cards because mm-hmm. they're just so, they're so great. So let's start with the very basics. What do you think about the Hanged Man? What is your first immediate reaction to this card? So for me, the Hanged Man... It's primarily a change in perspective. It's it's a need to pause and kind of be a little bit more contemplative and see things differently. Mm. In reverse, it's a little bit more like being forced into that moment of pause, maybe like against your will, or feeling really stuck in a moment in life where you're not feeling like you're moving forward, like you're making progress, like you're seeing the results that you want to see from whatever you're pursuing in reverse it just it it's a very like frustrated pause versus upright it's a very peaceful kind of things feel stagnant in a way that makes sense in a way that is fruitful and really necessary for your 
path in your progress. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think this is one of the first cards where I feel like we have a really significant difference in view. Fun. So I will say when I was reading about this card, I was like, I didn't know any of this shit. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I was brushing up on my resources, I didn't agree with a lot of them either. So I'm like, damn, did I really just make up my own definition for this card? Which I feel like I did. Um <laughs> To me, it's feeling very stuck upright. Mm. And in reverse, it's a need to get unstuck. Mm. Plain and simple. I agree with you in the sense that, like, my interpretation of the hangman has always been super straightforward and point blank. Yeah. And reading about it, I was like, oh, there's a lot more depth and nuance here than I had attributed to it in the past. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm excited I'm excited to talk about. I'm really curious, honestly, to hear what Rider Waite wrote. It's not good. Great. <laughs> because I have my, if you're a listener, you're familiar by now with my The Tarot History, Symbolism, and Divination book by Robert M. Place that I really like to talk about because he really digs into the history of like where weight was coming from when he was writing this shit. So it's nice to couple that with the definition because I feel like it sheds some light onto like why A.E. Weight thought what he thought. (laughs) So I'm excited to talk about that, but I'm curious to see like what he wrote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let me go ahead and read that. Nice. The Hanged Man, Wisdom, Trials, Circumspection, Discernment, Sacrifice, Intuition, Divination, Prophecy. Like, girl, what the hell? Those are a bunch of words that don't necessarily have anything to do with each other. There are so there are so many situations where I feel like he just threw a handful of those, like, poetry magnets at the fridge. <laughs> um. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> So let's see which ones I sort of agree with. Trials, Mm -hmm. circumspection, Mm -hmm. like, you know, like when you're feeling stuck and you're contemplative and you're deciding one thing from another or deciding what how you present yourself to the world or yeah. whatever it may be. Sacrifice, maybe you need to sacrifice something to get unstuck. Maybe. Yeah. But again, I wouldn't make that an over, like, black and white definition. So after reading all of my books, I realized that I didn't realize before that a huge association of this card is like Jesus Christ, martyrdom, the cross with the imagery of the person upside down with their legs being shaped into a cross and then being like hung upside down on this T-shape. So I see the sacrifice association there. It's not something I pull into my own practice at all and I didn't even really realize that it was so heavy but it was in every single book that I referenced yeah I I mean obviously the imagery is very crucifix like Mm. but that's about it for me like I I never really put more stock into that because again like I personally don't feel like there's too much of a place for it when I'm interpreting this card I don't want to make people feel like they're in that hanged man position or energy because they're being like like punish yeah or like yeah or that they need to make themselves a martyr to yeah. get unstuck i'm very much against that and very much have you know i will go into my own personal anecdotes when it is time yeah but, yeah yeah but we have more to read on this so <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> Always. <laughs> the worst teaser ever. Stay tuned. For me. my trauma. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Reversed says selfishness, the crowd. What? Who is the crowd? It's a band. <laughs> <laughs> and ready? Body politic. What the fuck? What does it mean? Like autonomy? Like body politics? Like in reverse? Like I-, I just. Okay. I want whatever he's having. <laughs> I'll take two. Is that it? Oh, yeah, that's it. It's just three keywords, and two of them didn't make any fucking sense. What was the first one again? Selfishness. Selfishness. So that resonates not with how I see the card, but with how a lot of people have interpreted it based on what I read for this episode, which is kind of like that opposite of martyrdom. Yeah. When you do things for yourself and people see you as selfish. Which I like, I so, like, yeah, we can get into the concept of martyrdom in a minute because 
it's I have a lot to say. <laughs> literally. But I want to read what Place said in reference to that A.E. Waite definition. Waite sees the hanged man as a key figure in the soul's journey. He represents initiation. The giblet of the traditional card has been transformed into a Tau cross, a symbol that unites the man's suffering with the martyrdom of Christ. Mm. This is reiterated by the halo. In the Golden Dawn, the initiates would suffer a simulated ritual execution as a rite of passage into the higher grades and be asked to identify with Christ. The position of the hanged man's arms and legs even forms a glyph representing the golden dawn, an upward-pointing triangle like the man's arms with a red cross extending from the top, like the man's crossed legs with red leggings. Mm. An image of the sun rising out of the sea was placed in the triangle. The man's halo is like the sun. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to pull in the Golden Dawn as an organization because the Rider Waite Smith Tarot is inextricable from the Golden Dawn as an organization. Tell me why I just got chills. (sighs) We love a good cult. Literally. By which I mean we hate it. Like (laughs) I'm scared. It's so relevant and so often gets ignored. And just, yeah, completely not talked about when you're talking about the definitions of the tarot. But something that is built into the tarot intentionally by A.E. Waite and Pamela Coleman-Smith is this heavy connection with the Golden Dawn. But there's also always, again, intentionally been this, like, lore that's been really, like, fed and, like, stoked by Golden Dawn members that there are, like, secret, larger-than-life spiritual meanings hidden in the tarot and that you can decode it and, like, unlock the secrets of the universe intentionally they wanted the tarot to feel like something very mysterious and very like exciting for that reason i don't know to me it's a very intentional way to get people to be into the thing that you're making is to be like "Ooh, so spooky like you'll you know you'll be part of the secret club that knows the secrets of the universe and you'll be the only one who knows them too like it's 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 not for me (laughs) like I'm obviously making fun of it but but it relates to this very real organization that was super culty like Mel said and I think it's so interesting that this card is so heavily related to this initiation process and initiation process that's so heavily related to Christianity to glorifying Jesus and those roots right there I think bear the responsibility of toxic new age spirituality being repackaged Christianity. Absolutely. Which we've referenced many times before. So it runs deeper. I think probably we should do an episode just on Golden Dawn, like Crowley, like, like, you know, like some history. I agree. I've been like adding a few books to my list too, because I just feel like I want to be really well versed in it. I know. I feel like that's why I have been like shying away from it a bit. Yeah. But I'm sorry to those of you who feel like we're glossing over that. Yeah. It's just a really big topic and there's a lot of anti-Semitism and like, like, like there's just so much there that I think it requires a little more legwork from us. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I want to make sure that we get it right. And it's hard because it gets so muddy, like so much shit that's been repackaged as Wicca or or even repackaged as, like, paganism... Correct. ...is actually, like, misappropriated Jewish mysticism, and it's really important to me to be unpacking that in an accurate way. Yeah. If if I'm gonna do it. Yep, and to speak to that, another point of research, if you're starting out in tarot or spirituality as a whole, is reading the Kabbalah, Mm -hmm. and just, like, reading about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Very, very relevant, and very... 
foundational and important to have an understanding of, you know, what's yours and what isn't. Mm-hmm. There's actually a resource I want to plug, so I'm just going to look it up to make sure I get the name right. Hell yeah. It's called A Lesser Key to the Appropriation of Jewish Magic and Mysticism. It's kind of an essay or like a really short book. It's free online, donation-based, written by a really awesome spiritualist, leftist person who did a lot of research, so we don't have to. And it talks about, like it says, the misappropriation of Jewish mysticism in the tarot. It's a really really great resource, a really great jumping off point just to get an idea of how what we're looking at has interacted with anti-Semitism in the past, Mm -hmm. which is so foundational. And I think it's just something that you can't not be aware of if if you're going to be practicing tarot, you know? Right. I love that. I yeah. would love if you sent that to me. I'll honestly, like, I'll, I'll post about it when this episode drops, too. Yeah. But yeah, I will send it to you. Yeah. It's great. Beautiful. Um, yeah. Okay, what were you going to say? Oh, speaking to tarot and, like, subliminal images mm. relating to cult-like, <laughs> cult-like practices. Yeah. Oh, love that generalization, but it's true. I don't know how you pronounce it, but Toth, Thoth if you will, tarot, yeah, is literally like riddled with Lima based and alchemical symbols that all came mm. down from Aleister Crowley. Right. And oh my god, there's so much to unpack there. We always talk about Rider Waite and Marseille. And right. never. I, I say Thoth. I could be Thoth. wrong. Not sure. It's spelled like Thoth. It is spelled like Thoth. So that is another example of tarot intersecting these kind of like darker... And again, like, it's it's so intentionally mysterious. It's right. meant to make you feel like there's some ancient... And that's really where the misappropriation piece comes in, too, because they're taking symbols from not just Jewish mysticism, there's a lot of Hebrew, but also a lot of, like, Egyptian symbols pulled in and things like so that, funny. trying to make you feel like, A, it's older than it is. Right. And this is stuff that originated in the 1900s. Literally, like, like it's not that old. Yeah. They want you to feel like you've, like, unlocked some fucking ancient secret and there's, like, something deeper there. It's very manipulative to me because... You know, Mel and I take the tarot as a form of divination that you can really use to work with your subconscious. But with Rider-Waite-Smith and with Thoth, there's this whole other intention of really, like, pushing the agenda of the Golden Dawn, you know? And really trying to, I guess, garner power for the Golden Dawn as an institution by making you believe that there's something more there, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Which is such a recruiting tactic. Yeah, yeah. It's uncomfy when you, like, read stuff like that. And I think it speaks to how much tarot as a concept has shifted in the past 100 to 200 years because... You tell them. (laughs) Because it used to be this very inaccessible, exclusionary thing. Right. And now it's not. Yeah. Which also proves that it never was. Exactly. Period. That's, it's so true. And that's like, that's why I'm so obsessed with Place's book. Because he puts, he puts that on blast. And he's like, any secret that could have existed like i'm gonna give you the actual history i'm gonna actually unpack it and put it all here point blank no mystery and they're really it was never that deep it was never that deep they just you know what it never was that deep it was never that serious (laughs) or that serious yeah (laughs) it was never that serious (laughs) literally (laughs) good tiktok idea for us 
Yeah, you're so right. Secrets thrive on fear. Yeah. And that's right. I mean, listen, you've heard Mel and I go off about how much we hate a fear-based spirituality. And that's what that's what Golden Dawn thrives on. Thrives on. And it really relates to specifically this concept of in in that quote from the tarot history symbolism and divination that I read, they said initiates were supposed to identify with Jesus as the martyr. And I really want to take a moment to fully think about and unpack that point. You're encouraging people to see themselves as the Messiah in their spiritual journey. That's like, you're going to stick with that. That's that's what you're going to go ahead and encourage people to do. Like, talk about spiritual psychosis, my guy. No fucking kidding. You're encouraging people to see themselves as this larger than life figure that's a martyr for their belief. Mm. And there is so much association with this card of spiritual knowledge and when it comes to martyrdom like being willing to be persecuted for your beliefs Mm -hmm. and I think it's really interesting because on one hand sure there's criticism of people who are into spirituality there's criticism of people who are into everything I don't know how do I phrase this yes it's it's a big thing for me personally I'll speak from my personal experience to be raised Catholic and then as an adult say I'm gonna make a tarot podcast my family doesn't like it it makes my parents uncomfy I'm a professional tarot card reader and I know that when I tell people that it elicits all sorts of thoughts and feelings and emotions and yes I'm putting myself out there but to see myself as a martyr is a bit fucking much. Yeah. And I think it really inflates the ego of the practitioner more than anything. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's a safe thing to encourage people to do, but I also think that it's so much reinserting Christianity, like reteaching the tenets of Christianity in a way that seems new and different, but literally just continues to glorify Jesus. And, and this this one story of who Jesus was and what it means in a way that I think is really oppressive. Yes, it's very slippery slope. Yeah. It almost sets people up for failure in a way. Yeah. I'm going to do something right now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do something right now because this is our podcast and this is shit we care about. That's so true. For those of you who are listening who are horror movie buffs like me, there is a horror movie called Martyrs. Have you ever heard of it? Mm -mm. I don't want to say it's infamous, but it is known as one of like the most disturbing movies of all time. Mm. Great. And basically the premise, spoiler alert, but also very general, the premise is a very rich, private, privileged group of white scientists. I don't even know if they're actual scientists or if they're just fucking crazy. I haven't watched it in a minute, but it stuck with me. Slay. (laughs) Kidnap young people and force them into an an experiment in martyrdom and torture them to hopefully make them see the light, which is so interesting. And I think that theme is like hitting on what you were talking about because like, you want to experiment in this theme, but you're only forcing it on others. Yeah. You're, you're not the people in power. Pay attention to the people in power. Are they partaking in it? Yeah. Are they partaking in it? Or are they just watching you do it? Yeah. Red flag. Yeah, for sure. It's fucking weird. That movie stuck with me for that reason. Like, I think that will always be like a red flag, not just for like a cult type of thing, but like any dangerous spiritual teacher in general practice what you preach yeah if somebody is encouraging you to do things without also being willing to partake in them yeah or like right especially when it comes to like following spiritual teachers online who are like encouraging this kind of like new age bonkers stuff people will tell you that they've done things when they have not yeah totally it's just 
you know, don't go blindly. Proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Just be very cautious. For tread, sure. Tread very lightly. For sure. I think it's interesting to have a card so heavily associated with martyrdom. I do too. In the tarot. And also as we're talking about these heavy topics of people being taken advantage of. Yeah. Forced into being martyrs and stuff like that. If you're new to the spiritual community, a big red flag is teachers who are so much older and willing to take on minor students Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. or just like people who are at their wits end and have been burned by life religion organized religion before and they will try to assert their age over you as a form of authority and dominance and it isn't the case yeah and there's probably always something a little not right going on there yeah so please do look out for that as well those type of spiritual teachers it's true (laughs) that was depressing so back to how we widely just view the hanged man Mm -hmm. i've said it on the show before i view the major arcana as like these overall life themes and an overall life cycle that kind of everyone goes through and that can repeat itself many times throughout your life yeah And there's going to be some situations where you cycle through all of the major arcana cards slash phases and feelings. There's going to be some that stop at, like, card number eight because, you Mm -hmm. know, it didn't come to fruition. So I love the opening of the passage on the Hanged Man from Rachel Pollack, 78 Degrees of Wisdom. I was listening back to the podcast, and in another episode, I accidentally called it 78 Degrees of Tarot. I know. So, (laughs) sorry about that, guys. 78 Degrees of Wisdom. After the crisis of seeing what you've made of your life comes the peace of acceptance. After justice, the hanged man. So it brings it up in a way where the major arcana is a cycle, is in order, and is experienced as an overall theme in everyone's life. And that really hit on my view of it. So I loved that. I loved that too. I read that as well. And then... It also talks about how it's right before death. Exactly. In the major con. Were you just going to say that? <laughs> I wasn't going to say oh. it, but I agree. It's also this like calm before the storm moment where it's going from justice to the hanged man to death. It's oh, awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And that is so interesting to me because like I said before, I very much see the hanged man as being stuck Mm. where this book and many others are kind of painting it as a more positive card. Yeah. But I think the concept of being like stuck before the death card, stuck before rebirth, it makes sense because on one hand, like when you're really stuck in life, that is your final emotion before realizing exactly how much change you need to make. Exactly. And that's where the rebirth comes in. But to speak to it being painted as in a more positive light, let's be so fucking for real right now, which is like my new catchphrase on this podcast. I love when you say that. And I was literally thinking about you saying that the other day. And I was like, I just want Mel to say that to me all the time. <laughs> be so fucking for real, Alyssa. I will. <laughs> I'll try. (laughs) (laughs) Being stuck sometimes feels good. Mm. Sometimes it allows us to escape our own accountability. We complain about being stuck while also doing nothing to change it. And that's a lot of what this card represents to me. I love that because this conversation is really, as they usually do, really (laughs) expanding how I see this card. I want... I want to use that as a segue to talk about the astrology of this card because this card is associated with the planet of Neptune, Mm -hmm. which is the ruler of Pisces. Neptune is a planet. It's very ethereal. It has a lot to do with spiritual ideas that are very detached from reality, detached from Earth. It gives heavy, like, dissociation vibes, Mm. which if you're familiar with astrology and you know Pisces, Pisces is also a very detached sign in astrology. Shout out to my sister. (laughs) Yowza. Yeah. So it's really interesting because I, I feel like there's a spiritual 
layer to this card that I didn't necessarily see before today mm. that has to do with enlightenment or receiving spiritual information mm-hmm. and having this kind of spiritual awareness that I think is really present in what you were just saying about this m- moment of being stuck or this moment of pause bringing you the clarity needed to move on to that death card in the major arcana where you're going to be ending things in your life that need to fucking end. Yep. And, you know, that's evident in the card when you're looking at any depiction that shows a crown or a halo around the head of the person who's hanging upside down. Because it's it's that, like, feeling of enlightenment. That intuition. Exactly. That, like, aha moment. It's also really shining light on meditation as a reinterpretation by Lindsay Silverman for me in the Intuitive Night Goddess Tarot. Because I always was kind of like, meditation is such a soft way to interpret this card but now with that added layer of like spirituality and spiritual awareness I see it much more as meditation as as this contemplative moment for you to figure out your next steps meditate on what it is you actually really want which sounds like a very simple piece of advice and guess what it's fucking not yeah it is not yeah oh for I am vibrating right now. I'm eating this shit up. This is, you're leading very much into, like, the little story I wanted to tell today. Oh, lovely. Go for it. I don't want to start it if you have more to say, though. Well, the only other thing I was going to say is, to your point about wanting to stay stuck, Mm -hmm. that is very Neptune energy to me. Yep. Because, and it's, you know... That Pisces energy as well of being really comfortable, being detached, being dissociated, not making a decision because you're just floating in the possibility, in the spiritual realm, your head is in the clouds, you're enjoying that instead of having to be brought back down to earth. Yeah. I almost see where you're at with, like, the hangman upright being a stuck feeling in that sense. Yeah. Because it's almost like you're so content to stay there. Right. And when you look at the face of the person that's hanging upside down, they are always so content. Yeah. There's never necessarily a discomfort there. Right. And to piggyback off of that, though this person may in a sense be choosing to stay stuck. Make no mistake, I don't mean to... (laughs) I'm not trying to paint it in such a way that the person inflicted it upon themselves. Mm -hmm. However, whatever got you in this position, Mm. it may not have been your fault Mm. And yet it's your responsibility to get out of it. And that is life. (laughs) That is life. (laughs) That, like, I almost want to call it an affirmation, is something I've repeated to myself and written down physically daily throughout, you know, the bulk of my heavy trauma healing. It's not my fault that this happened to me, but it is my responsibility to heal. Yeah. It's a very hard truth, and that's why a lot of people aren't ready to get unstuck or, in other words, aren't ready to heal because they're not ready to handle that, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. Healing is very much glamorized. It's not fucking glamorous. It's disgusting. It's hard. It makes you sick, and it really requires breaking down everything you believe in and fucking changing it. And building up something else. Yeah. So do not start that process until you're ready. If you are the hanged man instead of the death card right now, it's okay. And you stay there for however long you need to. Yeah. Because you need to have some, like, some sense of stability and sense of keeping yourself safe before you begin a process that's going to be so inflammatory. Yeah. And bring up so much um, pain. 
Yeah. And I like, I love that you said have something to keep yourself safe because when you're the hangman, you are safe. Right. And at least you're safe. Right. <laughs> Literally. So if that's what you need to do right now, there's no shame around it. I'm not sitting here saying it's your fault and you need to get better. No, I'm saying that that's a phase and you need to grapple with, you know, that sense of responsibility and that sense of ability, period, to get unstuck. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not for the, right. for the faint hearted. And it's, it's not for, it's not for someone who can't handle it yet. And ultimately, like if the hangman is coming out upright, that is the right place for you to be right now. Exactly. That's why the card's upright. Exactly. If it was reversed, I'd be telling you you're ready. Yeah, exactly. So that leads right into the personal story I'm going to share. Okay. Um, I feel like I was the hanged man. Don't really know when it started, but honestly, it lasted until 2020. End of 2020 for me. Okay. I was on a career path. I graduated with my bachelor's degree during the pandemic, and I had gotten my first corporate job in my field, and I was in a relationship that I thought I was going to be in for the rest of my life, living with her, and I had friends that I thought I was going to be with for the rest of my life, and I was deeply unhappy, and I was deeply scared and uncomfortable, which when you're surrounded by love and stability, or at least what it should be, you shouldn't have those feelings. Mm. And that's why, that's where the hanged man kind of flipped for me, and then wheels started turning. Yeah. And I just had this deep-rooted gut feeling that, like, things were not right. I was spending time with people that I was intimate with on a physical and emotional level, and then going home afterwards, like, as soon as I got into the Uber, like, crying and pit in my stomach about to throw up. Your body knows before you do. Yeah. And I had no idea, and I was like, I just... (sighs) They just make me so emotional. They, like, I was justifying it every in every way possible. Right. I was like, they make me so emotional because the feelings are intense. I have issues. I just need to be better. I just need to fight my depression harder. No. Turns out those people were mistreating me behind my back. Turns out the full-time job that everyone congratulates you for getting and your family sees as a success and your professors push you to achieve is not actually the end-all be-all goal for everybody. I got that, and I was the most miserable I had ever been in my entire life. So I had a few things to grapple with. One, the relationship needed to end. Two, that meant I was completely alone in the world, Mm. saying goodbye to the only family I'd ever really known. And three, I also needed to work to survive, but I knew I couldn't do that job anymore. Yeah. So quite literally, any foundation I thought I had was ripped out from under me. And there's a sense of like, you just do what you have to do to survive. And I think for a long time, surviving to me meant staying in that relationship, staying in that job, even though it wasn't my idea of happiness, even though I wasn't being treated how I would treat others, how I want to be treated. I needed it because it gave me a home. It gave me the money necessary to not move back into my abusive childhood home. And and what was I going to do if I didn't have that? quite literally what was I gonna do and it did fulfill you know some emotional and sexual needs but that was about it and when I finally grappled with that changing make no mistake my whole fucking life had to change right like that was not very long ago we're only at the start of 2023 now and I now live two hours away from where I grew up I have had several different jobs since then. I have made the decision to professionally pursue tarot since then. I said it on our episode with Gabby, I only started charging for readings in 2021. Like, Mm -hmm. this is all very new to me. Mm -hmm. I have a new partner who absolutely treats me right and gives me a home that's more than physical shelter, Mm. gives me a home that I'm excited to go back to. And 
I'm just so, the moral of the story is I'm so much better off, but I literally had to destroy and abandon everything I once had faith in to get here. Mm -hmm. That's how serious getting out of the hanged man position is. And that, like, to me, just really exemplifies justice, the hangman death. Yes. That arc. Yeah. I feel so deeply right now. Like, I embodied that these past three years. Yeah. More than ever. Yeah. Because it's like, justice is that moment of like, this isn't right. Mm -hmm. The hanged man is your entire world turning upside down. It's that flip in perspective. It's finally seeing things clearly Mm -hmm. in a different way than you ever saw it before. But it's still the moment before you make that decision to actually change and transform. You literally have, like, one foot off the cliff's edge. Yeah. Like, that's this energy for me. Like, it's, oh, God. It's so transcendent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You just reminded me of something. A book that I fucking praise. I want everyone to buy this book. 90 Days of Learning the Tarot by Lori Gifford. Uh Uh-huh. One of the exercises that helped me so fucking much was separate the major arcana from your deck and lay them out in three rows of seven. It's rows of seven, but the last one has an extra card. That middle row has that arc. Mm. And, And the exercise is breaking it down that way and relating it to like... You can relate it in so many different ways, like child, adult, elder, maiden, Mm. mother, crone, just your own phases of life with no label. Like, yeah, but no matter what, like, it's a really digestible way to realize that all of us have to go through that cycle. Yeah. And it, it allows us to create new pairings between the cards, such as justice, hanged man, death. Right. And it was just a mind-blowing exercise yeah. for that reason. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. And, like, really, I should do that. I don't always look – I don't always look at the major arcana in order. You know, it's funny. <laughs> I'll just mention people finding our podcast, a lot of people were put off by the fact that we're not doing it perfectly in order. Which is so funny because the reason we made that decision is that we were worried people would be put off by it being in order. Literally. Like, I I just thought that would be too boring and too repetitive. Yeah. But also, I will say I've really fucking enjoyed that we get to pull a card every week and enjoyed seeing the way that it interacts with the shit that we're going through as we're pulling these cards. Like, I just think it's really fun. And as divination professionals, I think it really vibes with both of us. But people were put off that we're not doing it in order because the major arcana is typically taught as the fool's journey through the major arcana. That's why the fool is number zero and not number one. Right. Because the fool is going through every single phase from one to 21. And when I was learning tarot, I never felt super connected to that idea. Like, I'll just be honest. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. That's like the idea that made me fall in love with tarot. Really? <laughs> I don't know. And maybe it was, maybe part of it was that when I was learning, I didn't identify with the major arcana cards enough at that point to really feel the significance of moving through them in that way. Makes sense. But someone commented on our TikTok and was like, you miss the fool's journey if you don't do them in order. And I mean, certainly it's something we're talking we're talking about in this episode, right? We're talking about the connections between the major arcana cards, but also I do, you know, there's a lot of resources that teach it that way. Yeah. Already. Yeah. And and it's a great perspective to learn the tarot from, but it's not the only focus. And not only that, I don't think we're even straying away from that focus. I think 
doing it out of order just engages you in the cards more and actually helps you memorize them better. Yeah. Like, I remember in school when I was, like, studying spelling words in order. You know, that's a certain type of memorization, but to actually know and recall how to spell those words, like, randomly, you have to mix them up. Like, And that's the thing. The cards are never going to fall out of the deck in order. Literally. In a reading. Like, yeah, like, I just also think that learning them out of order helps you solidify their meanings yeah. better. That's just how I learn. Right. So. I agree. It's still relevant. And Alyssa and I have spoken on this before. Like, once we do get to the end of the tarot, like, we'll organize them into playlists. Like, yeah, for sure. Also, if you go to my website, I do have an Arcane Dames page on my website that has all the cards listed in order. And you can click on each card. Obviously, we have only done so many of them so a lot of them just say tbd but all the ones we have done you can click right from there to the episode right if you're wanting to see okay this specific card came up have the arcane dames done it yet you can go to that page and see if we've done it and click to it right from there if we have exactly thanks for doing that and plugging that yeah hell yeah i like it's tough but i wanted there to be a place where you could look at all the cards in order and no, click, I love it. click from that yeah um even if it's not like the most accessible landing place for the podcast or won't be completed for a very long time. i know that's the thing i'm like these all fucking say tbd if somebody just found this randomly they'd be like these people haven't done anything <laughs> that's so funny to me <laughs> We're working on it. <laughs> this is like a year plus long project for us, but hell, we'll get there. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It's a journey. It's the fool's journey. I'm the fool. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> We're all the fool. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. What are some significant images of the hanged man you would like to discuss? Lindsay Silverman's meditation, which I've talked about at length at this point. I will say it has Neptune in the background, yep. which I love. Yeah. It's a woman sitting in a field of flowers she has that like glowing halo, so it gives that feeling of spiritual connection, spiritual information. It's nighttime, and the planet Neptune is in the sky. She looks super peaceful. She has one hand kind of toward her heart center, and she has a little smile on her face. So it definitely gives that contentness with the moment of pause that. I always attribute to the Hanged Man card. It also, yeah, it feels very, it just feels very aligned, which is how this card often comes up for me is that like the moment that you're in right now is very aligned, even though things might feel confusing, things might feel upside down, you might feel stuck. It's supposed to be this way mm -hmm. is a big message that I get with the Hanged Man. Mm -hmm. So I like that depiction. I guess another cool image that I have is from the Wild Unknown Tarot by Kim Kranz. It's um, a bat hanging upside down. I love bats. He's just hanging. He's so cute. He has little red eyes and he's got his wings wrapped around him like bats do. And he's sweeping. Yeah, he's Th sweeping. That's how he's comfy. Yeah. That's where you should be. Yeah. That's so true. That's so true. Turn him upside down. He's in flight. He's ready to go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He's just taking a pause. But yeah, like other than that, I don't have anything that super speaks to me as as different or mind expanding. Okay. They're all very classic. The majority of my decks are also very classic images of the hanged man. Mm. I have a few that I think are worth talking about. Nice. Halloween tarot. It is often very rider weight. However, the hanged man is a scarecrow and the crows are not scared. They're pecking at him, <laughs> which to me represents like, hey, it might be time to do something different. Yeah. Like that, if a scarecrow is has crows on him, he's not doing his job. It might be time to try something else. It might be time to switch things up. For sure. It might be time to get unstuck. So that's mm. relevant. Also, the Gilded Tarot, which is the deck, the first deck I ever had, the deck I learned on, has chains that are like 
that the hanging person is freeing themselves from. So it's very much giving Houdini. It's giving becoming uh, the better version of yourself. I think that's really fun. Also, they it looks like they have one ankle free already. And then the chains are not like tied, but just looped around their other leg there. And their hands are like in motion instead of crossed behind their back. So this is also very much more like on the brink of getting past it, the stuckness. Right. I realized this one while you were talking. The Hanged Man, illustrated by Joe Lee for the Pride Tarot. It's an Adam and Eve reference. Okay. The figure's holding the apple and there's a snake in the tree. Mm. I didn't see the snake before. And the figure is androgynous. They have breasts and long hair, but they're very otherwise masculine looking, Mm. muscular, chiseled face, etc. There is a white object in their other hand, and I'm going to be real with you. I don't know what it's representing. It kind of looks like an egg, but it's way too big to be an egg. But, you know, there there are those biblical references, but then it's also like man and woman and one. Right. So that's cool because it's yeah. like, it just represents like the polarity and duality of spirituality and of all of us. And mm-hmm. I, I just think that's cool. Right? Yeah, it's cool. I can't believe I didn't notice the snake before. I do think it's an egg. It really looks like an egg. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think it's like way too big to be an egg. Yeah. I think it would have just looked stupid if if they made the eggs a lot smaller than the apple, you know? Mm. An egg is kind of comparable to an apple, if yeah. I think about it. And like depending on the size of the apple, too. What yeah. if it's not that big of an apple? What if it's not like a big, red, delicious? It's more like a one that you would pick, like a Macintosh apple picking season. You're so right. <laughs> so upon second thought, I think it is an egg. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then we have the hanged from Tarot del Toro. Mm-mm-mm. Love this. So it is a it's a it's a fetus in a specimen in a wet specimen jar. I'm gonna read from the guidebook. Nice. <laughs> the guidebook says throughout mythology we see evidence of divine beings, Osiris, Odin, Christ, who were hanged to be reborn as superior beings. So also the idea that like once you progress from the hanged man to the death card, you are a superior version of yourself. Uh, which it, it is pretty smack in the middle mm. of the major, major arcana. arcana. The hang symbolizes a person in the intermediate state of that process. Middle. Awaiting rebirth, he is nowhere. Lost in his inner maze. So that's very much giving, like, purgatory. Which, again, stuck. Neptune. Yeah. Neptune. Right. You could move forward, but it's fully your choice. Being, like, lost in the ethereal, too. Yeah. 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 So... The hanged dwells in limbo. Tarot del Toro depicts him as one of the fetuses preserved in liquor jars from the devil's backbone. If we analyze that movie, the parallels are even more remarkable, since in the film this liquor is called limbo water. So Mm. in limbo, purgatory, another biblical-like thing. Um, And the fetuses are called nobody's children. Yeah. So yeah, very much wandering, lost, detached, disassociated, everything you were speaking to before. And the idea of being nobody's child is like really like disconnecting from this prior version of yourself too, Mm -hmm. right? Like in the way that if you're doing this justice hangman death moment in your life you're really letting this like older version of yourself die where you may really heavily identify with your family or your parents or like who you were up until that point Mm -hmm. that's cool they also remember the hanged man reversed representing metaphorical miscarriage which I never resonated with but now that we're revisiting the card and doing this episode I get it because miscarriage, pregnancy cut short to release yourself from the hanged man position, especially in my life, meant killing the person I could have been. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Rebirth means what was before being terminated. Like, all I can think of is could have been, should have been, would have been you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Bigger than the whole sky by Taylor Swift. Stream now. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, we do so much like work for Taylor Swift. I know. We've talked on the podcast before about how viscerally music can like represent some of these themes when you can't find the words yourself. And we're both writers and poets and very much connect to that. And 
the chorus of the song, I've got a lot to pine about, I've got a lot to live without, I'm never gonna meet what would have been, could have been, should have been you. And I just think it's so interesting that you put it in that, were you thinking about that song when you- yeah said that yeah okay you read my mind because like you're talking about accepting the death of a version of yourself that you aren't gonna meet but when that song came out the biggest speculation on like swift talk was that the song was about a miscarriage exactly so there's that inherent link there Mm -hmm. that's so interesting if i sit here and like talk about it too much like i'll start crying there is that version of me that didn't get to like make it to adulthood Mm -hmm. to like true adulthood Mm -hmm. so that does very much feel miscarried cut off like yeah just lost yeah and i think because of our pride and because of our ego when that happens we feel the need to like erase it yeah i I mean, I resonate with that so strongly. And I've I've spoken on the podcast before about how difficult leaving grad school and leaving behind the part of my identity that was wrapped up in myself as an academic and in this assumption that I've I'd had about myself for years that I was going to be a PhD and a professor. So yeah, that's a big thing to, that was a big thing for me to mourn. Yep. Yeah. Same thing. And by the way, I feel like that presents a good time for me to say, I know I've told my story before on this podcast, but we have a lot of new listeners and I, I wanted to share it because it's very relevant to this card. And I'm sorry if I ever sound repetitive, but I just think it's, a good example of several different things. And yeah, like you and I just shared very large generalizations of our life stories for the past several years. Literally. <laughs> but there are smaller moments within that that are going to really tie into the cards we're dissecting. Yeah, of and course. And that's going to come up. And, you know, there's always a new listener who hasn't heard us before. So. And I do think that just like hearing people relate. The cards to their own journeys is really useful, even if you're like, I almost feel like the more familiar with our stories you are, the more you're going to get from us relating it to the cards, because like you understand who we are and where we're coming from. I keep playing footsie with Alyssa. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I don't know. Hopefully it helps you be able to tie it into your own life, too. Hopefully it, it makes you ultimately a better reader in that way. Right. And to tie together so much of what we've talked about. I also want to share a quote from The Shape of Water, which I don't know if you're, like, familiar with. It sounds familiar. Oh, my God. It really is one of Guillermo del Toro's most prolific works. So the Tarot del Toro description leaves us with a quote from The Shape of Water. Feet are what connect you to the ground, and when you are poor, none of that ground belongs to you. Hence, the hanged man does not have his feet on the ground. Oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. I need to think about that for, like, a couple hours and get back to you. (laughs) Like that? Yeah. Oh, man. Wowza. When you are poor, none of that ground belongs to you. Which just, I'll let it speak for itself. I'll let it speak for itself. Meditate on that in relation to the hanged man and why he hasn't set himself free. Yeah. That shit. Give us more tarot decks based on cinematic universes because... Yeah, truly. Because that was... But like not like, but not, not like, like Disney, Disney dags. I'm so sick of the Disney dags. Like, look, I love Hocus Pocus. Will I be buying that deck? No, I will not. Absolutely not. And like, I just, I'm just always shook by how many there are. Like, that does nothing for you me. need so many Disney decks. Every time we have a little spike in our listenership, I get nervous recording the next time. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh my god, so many people are listening. Even though, like, that's silly because before they listen to this episode, they're probably listening to all the other fucking episodes. But I'm like, now it really matters what I say. <laughs> what you say always matters. Why would you say that to me? Thank you so much for being here. Just want to reiterate slash if you are new to the podcast, let you all know that you can connect with us on TikTok 
Instagram, both personally and through our Arcane Dames accounts. We both have websites. You can find Mel at melofwands.com. You can find me at cooperativemagic.com. We both offer online and in-person readings if you happen to be local or traveling to the Saratoga, New York area. We also have a mailing list that you can join. We send weekly newsletters to give you updates on what's going on with us, what we're working on, exciting news, exciting deals and discounts on readings, things like that. So I would totally encourage you to get on that. And of course, we super appreciate when you rate and review us on Spotify, Apple, Google, whatever you're listening on. It really helps boost us. And especially those written reviews, I think, you know, I know that when I'm trying to figure out if I want to listen to a podcast or not, reading what other people have had to say about it is so, so helpful. So definitely keep leaving those reviews. We appreciate them so much. We even have a YouTube We do. Which only has one video on it, but it is our 10th episode special. It's the Arcane Dames After Dark. We play a tarot drinking game. Yes. It's really fun. We are hoping to, you know, continue doing video slash just visual stuff. Yeah. (laughs) In this new year. So please subscribe to that, too, to keep up with that. As far as, like, upcoming things for our season finale in a couple of weeks one week, a couple weeks, whatever. We want to do another Arcane Dames After Dark. We had super fun with that. There will probably be more alcohol involved. Slay. Also, coming up on season two, when we do get back into recording, we really want to start filming every episode and putting it on YouTube. So definitely some exciting stuff coming up for us there. You know, we are like we said, really just figuring this out. Mel and I picked this up with no idea what the fuck we were doing. And we've grown so much through this process and we're excited to just keep being able to evolve. Oh, we should pick a card for next week. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. (laughs) That's like so smart. So two of cups next week. I like the Two of Cups a lot. I love the Two of Cups. It's such a sweet card. Yeah. It's such a positive card. It's such a horny card. Horny. So if you'd like to get horny with us, (laughs) join us next week for the Two of Cups. If you guys don't show up, I'm going to be personally offended. Yeah. Please Um, don't reject us like this. Literally, I can't handle it. No, I'm really excited. That's a good card. We're going to have cups like banged out. Yeah. Pun intended. Ah! All right, we're going to make out now. Bye. (laughs) All right, love you guys so much. Have a phenomenal week. See you next Tuesday. Woo!